0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by WinBet. I am Andrew Laird and joining me shortly will be Scott Jensted as we discuss some common mistakes people should avoid in their daily fantasy football journey. Similar to previous Friday episodes of this podcast, this is previously recorded discussion, so while some of the player team examples could be a little out of date, I promise the concepts are still very much applicable. And with that, let's get into it.
2: Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS edition. I am Scott Genta, joined today as usual by Andrew Laird. Uh, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you enjoy listening to us, uh, hopefully all season long, as we break down DFS slates every Friday morning, uh, that would be fantastic. If you leave some a, a, a bunch of stars, a nice comment, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Andrew, it's, uh, almost season time. This is the last podcast. We're going to kind of wrap some stuff up, do some, uh, talk about avoiding mistakes, making some goals for the season. But next week, week one, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It seems like I've already been a part of so many like week one conversations and because the prices have been out for a while and everybody's like getting very fired up and I kind of want to be like, I don't want to look yet because there's, you know, we still have another week and not that like a ton of things change, but, uh, it's also weird because people just like agonize over so many things this early. And it's like, don't get used to having this much time because yeah, when, true. you know, week two through 17 in the playoffs, like you, you'll get a few days, but now we're getting like weeks and it's just like, it's almost too much time. Like people are, it, it, we're overthinking so much. And by the time you finally make your lineup, like you could be back to where you were three weeks ago, but all that time of like pouring it over, like maybe that wasn't actually helpful.
2: Yeah, I'm one who tends to not overplan. If anything, I procrastinate to a uh, to a poor degree. But uh, <laughs> I've got I've got some season long drafts going. I know you're not a big season long guy, but I've got uh, a couple NFFC drafts going. I had one last night. And I'm going up to the Stanford football game this weekend. So I've, 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 uh, I've done a good job of planning myself away from overthinking DFS week one. But uh, I'm ready for it to start. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to breaking down the slate. I think it's going to be a fun time. And it's funny you talk about not much changing, uh, except for the fact that we have two top ten running backs that are still holding out.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of where everybody's going to go to early on, exactly. I think, is one of those that, like, oh, if you play these guys, then uh, everything kind of opens up. And you know, even we're kind of late enough where even if these guys somehow sign a contract in the next few days, like you can't imagine that they're actually going to play in week one or have like a full workload that actually just muddies the waters more if they come back. So it does, um, you know, at this point, you just hope that they don't. So, but again, it's like one of these things where I feel like during the regular season, um, you kind of look at a few ideas, at least from like a cash perspective. I, my player pool gets pretty small and because I've had so much time to look, and I have done a very poor job of not looking. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, I could make like 50 cash lineups because we have these situations where the pricing hasn't caught up because they release it so early. So week one should be should be interesting.
2: Yeah, it's funny we talk about the benefits of DFS, but I tell you what, you know, the Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson decisions in season long are just agonizing. Like trying to figure oh, out yeah. where to slot those guys is so miserable. But in DFS, it's so nice. Like we just figure out by. Next Thursday next Friday, what it looks like, and, and we figured out from there. It's just, uh, it's a nice advantage. It's, it, it, it's, uh it's a, it's a negative in season long right now. Just dealing with these holdouts. Last year, Le'Veon Bell, like literally ruined seasons and a team. So you know, if you want to talk about the benefits of DFS, avoiding these holdout situations, having to deal with them, it's been not fun in season long. Even thinking about them.
1: It, if I didn't have enough reasons to not play season long fantasy <laughs> football already, I just, but. I
2: just, I just talked you from zero to negative two teams. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I get, I get it, and it's funny because uh, you know there are enough people that I follow on Twitter. Who play season long fantasy football, and are doing you know NFFC drafts and all these other you know a bunch of best balls and people are like oh I started with like Zeke and Gordon and th- and now they're like they're all in on having these guys play and like they, obviously the the reward can be massive because they're you know they're falling in these drafts but man that's like dealing with injuries is bad enough and now you're like is this guy ever going to get paid and if not he's not going to play and so. Yeah, Um, I mean, sounds fun, man. Sounds really fun.
2: I tell you what you talk about Zeke dropping. he went fourth in my in my online draft last night. So yeah, he actually didn't. Gordon definitely is. But I think people are reading into Zeke's situation more than Gordon and uh, he's still going top four. It's uh, it's pretty well. That's a big investment to make in a guy who, you know, hasn't seen a day of practice yet. And we don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And I love the whole like, well, he's staying in football shape. And it's like they're working out and like, practicing with your team is very different that's why they make guys practice with the team
2: <laughs> i love it. i always love the oh he's on a flight from cabo to dallas where you know he might be just like seeing someone or hanging out or doing some business like it just <laughs> the fact that we're following you know where where what country zeke is in right now is just so absurd so i'm looking forward to the season starting getting rid of some of this bs and then uh, getting in some real games
1: yeah if you think the bs is ending just because the regular season starts you're um, in for rude awakening scott yeah
2: that's very uh, that's very true <laughs> but uh Speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, before we get into making goals, uh, speaking of uh, RotoWire, we've got, do you know RotoWire has a college football podcast? That's right. Host Nick Whalen and John McKechnie will be posting episodes every Wednesday throughout the season with a focus on fantasy and betting. Just search for RotoWire College Football anywhere you happen to listen to podcasts. Uh, a great time to do so right now. This is week one of college football. There are a number of games tonight. Everybody plays on Saturday. Um, it's a, it's a big weekend for college football. There's a lot of big games. I'm heading up to the Stanford Northwestern game myself. So if you are a college football fan, if you bet on college football, you play DFS, which is now back on uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, or if uh, you play season long, a great podcast to listen to.
1: Yeah, totally great. And I did know that that podcast was around.
2: I think it's a rhetorical question, Andrew. Okay, just checking. Just checking. Yeah, just, uh, you know, if, if, if for, as we go forward, I, I don't think you need to answer that one. Ever. <laughs> so no, no. let's talk about, uh, as we're, t- we're going into the season, I think, you know, this weekend is a good time as, if you're uh, playing DFS, kind of make some goals. Figure out what you want from this DFS season. We've talked about uh, you know, everything in the DFS world over the last six weeks, if we've done these podcasts, but, you know, trying to figure out, um, uh, you know, what percentage of cash games versus GBP, what's your goal coming into the season, you know, and it not like I want to make $800 You know, not an exact number goal or an ROI goal, but you know, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Uh, it was the season. Uh, how, how do you address that kind of going into week one?
1: Uh, I just want to survive. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only partially kidding there, but, uh, I mean, I generally, uh, like we've talked about previously, like I. Mostly stick to cash games in in football, and uh, my expectation is I will be predominantly playing cash again this year. Uh, it's more trying to figure out how big the gap is between what I'm building for cash lineups and what I'm building for GPPs, and kind of I I, I would like to see my um, GPP entries grow as the season goes on, or it's just one of these things that like I just don't. Um, not that I have like. NFL cash games like figured out. Um, it's not it's not that easy, but I fi- at least I'm a lot more comfortable in cash games, and so I think moving on to to GPPs just makes more sense because you know it's just kind of another step in in, uh, in DFS football. Although I say that, and I think I'm actually more looking forward to trying to figure out showdown GPPs as opposed to okay. the classic GPPs uh, because. Just the way that you need to analyze one game and how to make a unique lineup and figuring out which correlations make the most sense for that one specific game, I think, is a challenge that's a little greater than. I mean, obviously, winning a million dollars for the uh, for a classic Sunday is a uh, is a big challenge. But I don't know. I you feel know, like there's there, a
2: there's a there's a million dollar
3: showdown winner is. week one.
1: Yeah for for uh, yeah for the first showdown. Yeah, the Thursday night game. That is that crazy. Um, the why are the Packers and Bears starting the season?
2: I, I did, think it's the 100th anniversary, kind of, they're the classic two oh, teams okay. thing. I, I think that's what, because usually it's a Super Bowl winner. Exactly, you're
1: right, exactly. exactly. And the
2: Packers and Bears didn't win the Super Bowl, as far as I remember. They did not. Uh, I think it's a 100th anniversary, kind of, you know, uh, going back with the NFC North and, uh, you know, kind of the old uh, George Hallis, Vince Lombardi stuff. I think they were okay. going with that. With I suppose that, theme, that makes sense.
1: Guess. Yeah, I mean, longstanding sports leagues, not that like 100 years is an eternity, but. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Before we continue, a quick message from one of our sponsors. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decisions. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts.
2: So, so, setting goals is actually a big one for me. I think you're probably a little more uh, disciplined than me. Probably not something that uh, you need to fear as much as I do. But I'd like to, uh, you know, keep my GPP and cash percentages a little more standard during the year. Um, as I go in the year, I tend to, uh, you know. I admit that I tend to look at the bigger numbers and think like, oh, it'd be nice to win that or nice to finish high in there. I think that I, I slide a little bit too much towards GPPs kind of as the season goes. And I, I lose my I lose my discipline in cash game percentage a little bit in the season going on. So I'm gonna try and fix that this year and kind of stick with it. And I think it's important to um, stick with your plan. You know, obviously you need to adjust as the season goes on how you're doing, you know, whether you drop down a little bit or go up a little bit if you're doing well. But I think sticking to a plan, you know, I, I see a lot of people like I'm going to play more cash games. I'm not going to play much GP. In like week three, they're, you know, they're playing 90% GP. And it's just <laughs> one of those things that you have a couple of bad weeks in football. It's tough because you have a couple of bad weeks and suddenly, you know, Sunday night you see the results. You're like, oh man, this sucks. And you got Monday, Tuesday. You have a whole week to just like stare at those big GPs and stare at those big numbers. And I think people, uh, it's easy to get away from your plan midseason because you get, you're excited for games. It's easy to talk about your plan preseason and, you know, you're trying to figure out stuff to talk about and trying, trying to plan. But I think it's in the season, it's really hard to stick with that. And I'm going to try and, myself, uh, for sure, and I think everybody else should, you, you stick with your plan, at least through the first four weeks of the season, and then maybe readdress. You know, you get to 25% weight in the season, then maybe, uh, you know, sit down with your results and, and figure out maybe a new plan or a way to go. But um, stick with that plan the first four weeks and then, and then reassess after that. I think is a pretty key thing for everybody, but definitely something that I'm going to try and do this year.
1: I think one of the toughest things about consecutive losing cash weeks, like if you're trying to just grind out cash games and you're losing... And that doesn't even necessarily mean that like you're getting, uh, off the cliff is a term that we've, has become popular. Um, like you're, where you basically win nothing. The the benefit about, uh, for head to heads is that usually you end up with some people who are worse than you. Um, but so you're not going a total loss, but one of the toughest things about, um, losing a few weeks in a row in cash games is that your, your mind immediately starts thinking if I'm going to lose why am I putting myself in a situation where if I do win, I'm doubling my money instead of making my $20 into a million. And right. I, I think that's like, that's really tough. Uh, and it's kind of one of the, I mean, the the term like that, it's a grind is fully accurate. And so um, mm-hmm. there, there's going to be a time where you hit on this losing streak. And even if you're somebody who, who predominantly plays gpps or really has no interest in cash games like i totally understand doing that like you want to put the time in and get a significant reward in cash games unless you're entering uh, you know a $1000 head to head and obviously the downsides a little higher there if you lose as opposed to entering the milli- uh, millimaker um but there the the idea in gpps is generally like you're you're going to lose more often than you win uh, just because you you it takes a much higher score to cash, uh, particularly in NFL to like win a GPP. The lineup has to be nearly perfect. And so y- if you start thinking, you know, you start going week to week and you're not quite winning, you're not quite winning. And even if you're not cashing at all, um, the, at least you have that idea of like, if next week I can just do this again and I can win big. Whereas in cash games, it's like really tough to get out of that because yeah. a few weeks of losing, you, you have to like grind yourself back in. And I think what a lot of people uh use uh cash games for is more on the downside in that like you can still you're there's if you get good at this you're not going to lose everything whereas in gpps you could put in a ton of entries and literally lose everything and then you you know you're you're so far behind at, at week whatever four or five that either you stop playing or um you start getting You know, you you don't adjust and you start getting a little riskier, even though, you know, because you're thinking, well, my, my, this process isn't working. So let me just try something completely different. And then you just start putting yourself in significantly negative EV situations. And then now it's not fun. You're not winning any money and you're done playing.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point about changing your process. You know, I think that's important to make sure you look at your process and make sure it's right. But if you, if you do like your process, if you feel good about what you're picking, you know, like you said, don't, uh, don't shift off that. It's always, it's always important to improve your process, but changing your process, just change your process. It tends to get you in a lot of trouble.
1: And this is kind of what we had mentioned in a previous podcast of like you, what's really important about um, looking at your results, both when you win and lose, is trying to figure out if the, the guys that did well in that week, if you did not do well, And you look at the guys who did well and you don't understand why people had those guys, then you need to go back to your process and say, what did my process, where in my process did these guys fall out? Because if they did really well and a lot of people had them and I missed it, why did I miss it? And subsequently, if you won huge one week, you need to look in and say, did I get lucky or did I, was my process right? And once you figure those out, then it's easier to, to figure out what you're going to do the following week.
2: And and I think, you know, listening to this podcast, hopefully you'll help with that. I think we'll do that a little bit, you know, kind of we'll look back a little bit and, and figure out what we did right, what we did wrong. I think it's important to uh, to do so. I got a question for you on GPPs. Do you have a strong preference on, I'm just going to use numbers, just use numbers, but yeah, you know, say you have a hundred bucks to play in GPPs that week. Do you have a strong preference in doing like four $25 entries or one in the hundred dollar uh, contest? Do you have a A strong feel on uh, how to kind of split up your money in GPPs.
1: Yeah the the way that because there are so many options on DraftKings and FanDuel, like it's I if I only had one entry, I probably am not entering it solely in a hundred dollar GPP. Like if that's your bet, your GPP bankroll for the week, you want to spread it out just because, and, and that's more if you're making multiple lineups. Like if you're making one lineup and just throwing it in a bunch of gpps like you have to appreciate that there there's significant downside risk there that you, if the lineup doesn't do well you don't cash anywhere right. so if you have this bankroll it's better to make multiple lineups and it's it just if you think of it if you enter different, 10 lineups let's 10 lineups into 10 different gpps you're giving yourself 10 opportunities to win and obviously if you're a one lineup person you enter in all the gpps and you crush it and you win everything like obviously that's fantastic. It's also like highly unlikely. Um, and it is important to understand that like different GPPs have different cash lines just because, um, you know, there are fewer people in it. So obviously the more people are in it, the more, the higher you're probably going to have to score because there's probably a lineup within the, you know, tens of thousands of entries that will hit the, the, the perfect one. And so, uh, I think it's better to just make sure that you're entering in into a bunch of things. And, and one of the, um, Lessons that uh, I learned in back when I did soccer podcasts, uh, kind of these teaching ones with Jordan Cooper is uh, he always makes sure that the total amount of his entry fees um, is less than the, the uh, amount that he could win in a GPP. So he it's not, you know, basically you don't want to enter so much that if one of your GPP lineups wins you don't want that to then be less than how much you've right. entered. Like it's a good point. Yeah. Just, it's one of those things that like some people just don't think of that. And so you want to make sure, and with football, it's a little easier, especially with a hundred dollars to kind of spread around. Like if you win a GPP, you're, they're big enough. The, certainly the first prize is big enough where um, that'll pay it off, but just make sure that like, based on what you're entering, are you going to be rewarded enough for how much you're putting in? And so it's just one, you know, Part of the contest selection of just spread it around because you want to give yourself the best chance to win a GPP. Like, don't go in thinking we're going to win 10. Obviously, you want to win 10. But realistically, if you're going to do multiple lineups like that, you're, the, the realistic hope is one of them hits. And if it does, then you're probably good for the whole season.
2: Do you have a, do you have a strong feeling on, uh, you know, the big GPPs versus like a single entry GPP? Do you, uh, I know you don't play a- as many as, uh, as many as I do, but do you have a, uh, do you, do you enter the really big ones when you play or do you, are you more like a single entry trying to win, you know, $6,000 rather than a hundred thousand? Yeah. I,
1: I generally don't worry about single entry. Like I understand okay. why people enter them, but, uh, I just kind of have this fundamental th- thought process that like, if I'm going up against 30 people who each have 150 lineups like it it doesn't matter to me if one of them wins or if we happen to be in a gpp where uh, it's that many people doing unique or or single entry ones like and it i hate saying that because because uh, you know that I'm just looking for the big number. Because we complain so much about these top-heavy GPPs, and then I have to admit that like those top <laughs> oh. numbers are pretty. Like, oh, okay. There's
2: there's a reason those top numbers do well. I exactly. mean they're, they're, exactly. they're certainly appealing, and it's hard to look at them and not jump in.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming from from soccer, which is significantly uh, smaller. Uh, the number, just the raw numbers themselves, it's easier to, to to kind of make that jump. Whereas, you know, if you look at a soccer GPP, that's like, oh, it's 2000 to first and 60 bucks to eighth. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not fun at all. But like eighth place in an NFL GPP is like six grand. And so like, that's a little different than 60 bucks.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, if you have to beat
1: significantly more people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And
1: once again, um, note from one of our sponsors. Are you tired of the same old fantasy football league that gets canceled after a year or so? If so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com because new leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries for diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner has a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find anyone to play in your league with? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. You can choose to start a league, join an existing one, or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire and start your Dynasty today.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Again, that's up to 50% off at mvmt.com.
2: So some uh, mistakes to avoid as we as we go through this uh this long NFL season. We kind of hit on it a little bit at the beginning, but uh, I think it's really important not to change your plan. Don't change your plan because of a good week, don't change your plan because of a bad week. It's okay to increase volume if it's a successful week, but you've got to stick with your plan. You got to stick with the process, and I think that's kind of the the number one mistake that I see people make. And I talk to people on on Twitter, or they send emails, uh, you know, to asking advice that kind of stuff. I think the number one thing people do is they freak out after week one, and they either won a bunch and they're playing huge contests that they shouldn't be in, or they lose a bunch and they're like, oh, I'm you know, I'm gonna i either gonna chase my losses or I'm not gonna play as much. I think uh, I think stick with your plan and really uh, not freaking out after after two weeks is really important.
1: I uh, totally agree. And I think it's also important to recognize, I mean, specifically, uh, in terms of how you're playing, not so much just the, the volume of it, but like if you, uh, in week one, uh, hit a, hit a GPP and you have this big winning, you're like, this is awesome. Um, and then you're like, wait a minute. So I'm really good at this. And now, um, <laughs> What I noticed is that a lot of the good players who also are in GPPs play a lot of cash games. And if, like, I've never played cash games before, but like people who do this a lot play cash games. And I only do GPPs, but since I won this GPP, I have all this money. So now I'm going to play a bunch of cash games. And um, people who play cash games love that because if you have no idea what you're doing and now you're coming in with a bunch of money for cash games, like everybody's celebrating because you, or everybody who usually plays, because it, it's easy money for people because if you're somebody who's like, Oh, I know these low owned guys and you're, I'm really good at this clearly because I just $100,000. Um, and now I have to make this cash lineup and you're, you're just going to get destroyed. And so like, I think if you're somebody who wants to focus on GPPs and you hit one big early in the season, um, keep playing them. Like th- if that's what you do and that's what you're after, uh, just because you won one doesn't mean you can't win another. It's unlikely, but you, there are certainly people who do it. And so I think it's not only in terms of just your bankroll, but like in terms of your contest selection that it's, it's better to stay disciplined because um, while it's a little tougher, if, you know, if you're somebody who plays $100 a week and you hit for 100000 obviously your, your bankroll can go up if you want it to. But um, there's no reason to just go crazy just because you have all of this extra money.
2: Yeah, and I think on the flip side, it's important not to chase losses, and, and this has become a thing in DFS now. I used to call this the Hawaii problem uh, back in the day <laughs> when I when I used to uh, you know bet some college football here and there. Uh, you know, allegedly, uh, if you had a bad day, you always had that Hawaii game on the on the on the on the west coast. Like that game started at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So. You've got all these games. You're, you're you know you're really studying games and figuring it out. But then all of a sudden you're you know you're down a certain amount. You're like, oh, there's one game left. Let me bet it just because it's there. And it just it, it just it has it happens uh, so often. I have a lot of friends who used to do that. You always now it's now in the NFL you've got the Sunday game. But in in DFS you have that showdown contest on Sundays or on Mondays. It used to be like if you had a bad DFS week, you're like, you know what, this sucks, and I got to figure it out all week. But you had those like three or four days to kind of cool down and, and get back to your process. Now, if you have a bad Sunday, you're like, oh, crap, I can bet a whole bu- I can play a whole bunch of showdown teams on Sunday night or even Monday night. I think it's really important not to chase your losses and get caught into that. And now it's a thing you can do in DFS. And that, that's kind of scary. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. They, they give you plenty of opportunities to make up for your losses. Um, although theoretically it gives you some more volume if you just won and you want to keep winning. I think that's the idea at least, but, um, I think one of the big things with that is uh, a lot of people will be like, Oh, I lost today and I know there's a game tonight. So I'll just throw in a lineup and like, of course th- it, you're, there's no research process to it there. You're just getting lazy. Uh, it, it's theoretically easier because you don't have as many spots to fill in, in, terms of the roster. It's one game. So you have fewer players you have to worry about, but like there's a significant, um, research process that goes in a showdown. Like, It's easy. It's, I say this about DFS a lot of times, like it's easy to play and it's really hard to win. And I think one of the things that people are like, Oh, DFS is so easy to play. And it's like, it is really easy to play. Like you can build a lineup in seconds, but like winning is really tough. And so, um, if you're putting yourself in a situation where you're like, I'm going to play this showdown slate because it's really easy to play. Um, you have to realize that there are people. Like there are people who only play showdowns like they, they have no interest in a Sunday 12 game slate. All they want to do is play showdown and that they've been, you know, the work that you do for your classic lineups, they've been doing for their showdown lineups. And there's I mean, there is a lot to like to building good GPP. I mean, even cash, but like specifically GPP lineups for showdowns, because there's more than just like I need low owned guys like you need you need a unique lineup so that if you do win, uh, you win everything. Like there's what you the last thing you want is to win a hundred thousand DGBP and split it with 50,000 people. That's right. an obviously an extreme example, but, um, hey, that's, pl- a,
2: that's a $2 win right there. I, I took math.
1: <laughs> so there's, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it. And if you're like rushing this, because like you just got slaughtered on this regular classics slate, you know, I'm going to, I have an hour until kickoff. Let me just try to make it up here. like, realize that there's work that goes into these showdown, uh, lineups that, or that you should be putting in and just like trying to make up for Sunday for earlier Sunday by slapping something together is not going to work.
2: Yeah. And I think the, the key thing you said was make it up. Like, I'm not saying, you know, if you're, if you're going to sit down and watch the Sunday night game with some friends, not to throw a $9 entry in for some fun. But uh, I think that the, the, the phrase you used, make it up was the key. Like if you lost a, you know, 200 bucks on during the day on Sunday, you know, don't try and make that up on Sunday night and Monday night, just because you're frustrated. And it's it just the, 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 the fact that those, those slates are there is just really dangerous. It is like a really a betting problem with trying to chase your losses. And that's been a thing for years. But I think the key word you said in there was make it up and you got, you got to not do that. You don't want to play you, you want to have some fun. You want to try and make a few bucks sure but uh don't try and make it up on those showdowns
1: right i mean like like i said like i'm i'd like to play more showdowns this year and but like that's right. what i'm that's part of my plan is to like make play right. more showdown and i'm not going in like like the, you should have an idea um before the classic slate if you're going to play the showdown that night and don't let what happens all day sunday affect what you do for your sunday night entries like the the they're not correlated events at all. Just because you lost or won during <laughs> on the earlier slate shouldn't have any effect on what you do at night. And so just remember that that's, you know, they're different contests and you, you need to be able to prepare yourself for those. Like it is anything else.
2: You talk about focusing on showdowns. Are you someone that's going to play the Sunday night game also, or you kind of stay away from that because you're watching games on Sunday or are you more of a Monday, Thursday person? What's your, what's your plan with, with, with that?
1: Uh, I'll probably play all three. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, until I you. just decide they're awful. No, I'm just kidding.
2: What, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, time did that game start on, on the East coast? For you? Is it eight 30 start up? Yeah. 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 That gets a little bit late.
1: Yeah. I mean, but it is like, you're somebody who doesn't like scoreboard watch anyway. So shouldn't I like, do not. so the idea of like, Oh, I'm going to put this lineup in and I'll watch like the first quarter and then I'll go to sleep. Like, isn't that the same thing?
2: Well, I like watching games. I just don't like watching the scoreboard. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. So we'll see the problem with with showdown. It's more fun to me for more, more fun to me to sit down and watch a game and look at the result at the end rather than it is to watch and see how many how many uh, how many points that, uh, you know, that uh, Lamar, Lamar Miller. Uh, I guess he's not a good good example anymore. <laughs> <laughs> how many points that Marlon Mack, you know, six yard run uh, got for me? Yeah. OK,
1: I, I understand that. Um, yeah. I guess the the big difference with showdown is um you know, like right away, how you, you're you doing because yeah, that's true. Um, you can't make up touchdowns anywhere else. Like, the, it's not like there's so many games going on that, like, you see one of your guys scroll by, score a touchdown. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. That probably helped me. Like, Showdown, it becomes very clear that, like, if one of your guys gets hurt, like, you're probably toast. And so, um, I guess you're probably toast in classic also, but um, just one of those, like, if you're a low owned guy, uh, all of a sudden scores a touchdown that nobody was expecting. And now you're like, maybe I, maybe I should look at this.
2: <laughs> uh, it's a foreign concept to me. Do you actually have to go to bed before games end?
1: Yeah. That's I haven't, wild. I haven't watched uh, the like end. That's
2: like never happened to me. Before. Oh,
1: I haven't seen the end of a Monday night football game in 15 years. I bet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if, if someone you care about is playing, will you stay up or is it just too late?
1: What do you mean care about?
2: Like if uh, I was gonna say the Jets are playing, but yeah, there's I don't not get a lot of Jets
1: Monday night football. Monday they night, played yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I up for the Thursday ones.
2: Like 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 Rams Chiefs that like you're saying. Oh, like
1: for uh, I'm like probably staying up for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll I usually watch some of it, so I'll know. Like if the game like is has a great first half, like I'll probably stay up for it. But gotcha. um, yeah, I, I generally don't. I generally don't watch Monday night or Sunday or Thursday night. And Sunday night, I can get some of it. Sunday's just tough, like, because not only just, and this is like a totally personal, um, like, schedule problem that, like, soccer, I watch because I, my other job, like, I do a lot of European soccer, and that starts right. at like seven o'clock in the morning. Ah, and so gotcha. it's like, I have a family. Uh, and so, like, explaining to my wife that I have to watch like two soccer games. And then a whole afternoon of football and then watch Sunday night. Um, you know, the, where do you leave time for The Bachelorette?
2: <laughs> that's a really good point. I like it. Yeah. Um, on the, uh, do, do you like, uh, you sit down, watch soccer on Sunday morning and tinker with your lineups? Like, yeah, it must be a little, it's a fun and full Sunday morning with both sports going on.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much. I, I, my soccer, Sunday soccer is very limited. Like, I, I really don't play a lot of Sunday Mornings, the the contests are small. They're even okay. cash games are really small. So like it's it's easy to skip it. Saturday is really like the big day for for soccer, uh, at least for the Premier League. And so yeah, but like having it on and knowing what's following what's going on while you're building football lineups is pretty good.
2: So back to uh, back to mistakes to avoid. Uh, you mentioned uh, you want to talk about uh, not creating correlations that don't exist. Uh, what what exactly do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So uh, this popped into my head. Not popped into my head, but it was like when I, while I was listening to uh, a podcast, I think it was last week with uh, Chris Liss and Jeff Erickson talking about their processes for survivor and, and doing, uh, picking against the spread every week where, uh, Jeff made this point of like, you don't want to make, uh, correlations between games because they're completely independent events. So like if you are picking every game against the spread and you're like, oh man, I picked every away team and you're like. That doesn't matter. Like each event is its own situation. And like what happens in one game really does not affect what happens in another. I mean, you if you're parlaying them, then like again, what they're they're totally separate events. And so what you want to do that or you want to stay away from making these correlations in your head of like if this guy I don't want to have every player from the early games. Like, because I don't want to have uh, you know, I want to be able to have a few guys in the later slate. So I'm going to actually make a worse pick because this guy is p- kicking off at four o'clock Eastern instead of one o'clock. And it's like, that makes no sense. Like,
2: I know, I know so many people that do that. Too. And, and,
1: and there, and there will be people will be like, well, there, you know, there's late swap and you want to be able to leave yourself um, some options. And it's like, that is true. But if you're actually going in making worse picks because it gives you some flexibility later on, uh, the pro- the reason why you need that flexibility later on is because you're falling behind everybody who didn't care that they had everybody in the early games, and now they you know they got their scores, and now you're working to catch up, even though you sh- could have had those guys. Like I-, I realize that there is a strategy to late swap. We did a whole podcast about it, but if really the situation is meant for similar similar guys. Whereas if you think all of the best plays are in the early games, play those guys and so don't. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually kind of an anti-correlation. You're you're making the correlation that like I need all I need to spread it out, but just don't worry about game time.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. A lot of people I always hear like, oh, I have to have the late afternoon hammer to to really catch up in lineups, and, and yeah, late game that's great. So great, <laughs> it's always. And, and that's great, and except if you're, if you're actually taking someone that you think is going to score less points just because they play in the afternoon, like just think about that for a second. And I have people tell me that all the time. Well, I want to be able to catch up. I want to be able to catch up. I'm like, well, there's no point. If you're taking, if, if you could have had 33 points with someone earlier and you're taking someone you thinks to score 26 points, like that doesn't make any sense. Just think about it.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. There, you don't get any extra points for playing in the later games. Like you're, you're putting in a variable that doesn't exist. For real life, yeah. Like, when
2: when the when the Sunday night game used to be in the main slate, it's not anymore. I, I, the Sunday night hammer was always a thing. I just rolled my eyes. All <laughs> all
1: the, <time. laughs> the the only reason why that may have been a thing is because those Sunday night games tended to have good like great teams, and so it was like. But if those great teams were playing in the first game, the slate of games, you would have taken them anyway. Right. So there, you, yeah. It,
2: and, and that's, that's fine but I've had I've had a lot of people like you know just wanted someone in the late game just for no other reason just to have someone to catch up with and just it's just it makes no sense it right. doesn't work math wise doesn't work common sense wise just doesn't work at all so uh, yeah take you know make your best team figure out your best stuff don't uh, don't do it based on game time and on on that same note don't overanalyze weather. I think we talked about it the very first podcast. But um, you know, only extreme weather has big effects on games. And even extreme, like I'm looking for you know, super snowy or windy is a big thing for me. If, there, if there's like huge wind gusts and you have a quarterback, I start to think about that at some point. If there's a ton of rain, you worry about the ball slipping and stuff. But for the most part, I kind of skip weather unless it's super, super extreme.
1: And the easiest way to know if, the, if it's going to affect anything is looking at the total. And if the total is not moving, then everybody who's betting on this game doesn't think it matters. And so you're now putting in this, it's effectively a narrative at that point. And you're thinking like, oh, the weather's really bad. And and nobody thinks that the total is moving. I mean, maybe it was already low so that, you know, because they thought the weather was going to be bad, but like just looking at, just look at the total versus every other game. I mean, it's kind of the process that you're using already. And you're saying like, if this game has the highest total and now it's still the highest total, like that's the problem that there there's your answer i mean obviously if it's going down and now it's the fourth biggest total now you're like okay maybe but that's like built into the total uh, don't like don't say like oh it's falling and there's weather like no that's that's why the total is falling
2: yeah and i think you, there's a lot of very smart people that bet on games a lot of smart people in the sports books that set the lines uh, if if there's a if there's an issue if there's something that's really going to affect it, you're going to, like you said, you're going to see that total drop and you'll see it drop by three or four points. And that does happen. And that's when you need to get your antenna, maybe figure out you need, to, you, just, you need to switch away to some other players. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I think some that we talked about uh, at some point during the season so far is, you know, I don't, uh, I think it's a big mistake to kind of slam someone into your last roster spot just because of the amount of money bill. I see so many people that build, you know, they have their eight guys they really like in that ninth spot. They're like, well, I have 6,300. So I'm just going to play, I'm going to slam someone who's 6,200 or 6,100. Like make sure that you're taking someone cause you want to take them not because they fit you know building a team is building the entire team not building eight spots and just slamming someone in the last spot yeah
1: i totally agree i i think um people are generally more okay with it if they're like a minimum price tight end because you're like oh if this guy's gonna play you know if he fine. can get me two catches like that's fine but like that's about as punty as it gets which sometimes punty is, punty. punty i like yeah. it <laughs> sometimes that works uh you know if you're building one of these like stars and scrubs lineups then like those occasionally work, but um, yeah, if you're in that range, if you're much higher than that, uh, where there are guys who can like actually produce, um, look at the guys who are there. Like, don't say like, and and don't assume that because a guy is more expensive than somebody else you're looking at that he's better. Like, the ranges of salaries are there for a reason, but it's more just for the gameplay itself, not necessarily that they think one guy is going to score more points than the other. And so, um, you know, just. Like you said, have a reason for every player.
2: Yeah, and it's easy to talk yourself into guys, you know, you can get to that spot where you have 7,400 bucks like you're like, Oh, well maybe I really do like Brandon cooks at 7,300. And you just you yeah. know, make sure you don't do that either. I think it's a, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I would never do that. And then you're, and you look at, you build your lineup, You're like, Oh, maybe I do do that. And I think I am someone that I've done that in the past and I've tried to get away from it, you know, building the entire team rather than, you know, like I said, eight guys in one spot, but it's easy to talk yourself into someone just because they kind of are the perfect salary fit. You gotta be careful not to do that.
1: And I think one of the benefits uh, to having team defenses is, is because they're so variable um the like i don't want to say it doesn't matter which one you take uh because obviously they matter but the variance is so high that if you are like oh i have 73 left and i the guy really wants 7500 like change your defense like it's it's probably not going to burn you. You're probably going to get four points instead of five. Like the, obviously there are situations where you're like, Oh, I had this defense and then I had to change and they scored 25 points because they had two interception returns for touchdowns. But like the, they're, they're It's probably not going to be that drastic. If it happens to you, you're going to remember forever though, just to warn you. But, uh, <laughs> but like, that's the easy way to do it. So like the, it's almost like the defense should be your last spot that you fill just because you don't necessarily want your team defense to decide where you're going with your other spots because um, the, the scoring is just so random that you may be able to, to pay down a little more and it actually benefits you because they score more points than the one that you paid up for. And so like use the defense for, for its flexibility more than like the defense itself.
2: Yeah, and that doesn't mean take any defense, but you know, correct, if you have to correct. go down two hundred bucks, like pick a defense that you can kind of you, you see the game script, you see the game flow, you can think can start to work. And you know, it's funny you mentioned you, you'll remember that defense that you know goes off that you switched away from, but there are so many times you're like, Oh, I gotta play Jacksonville this week. They're playing, you know, used to be Cleveland, you know, and this is perfect and you look up and they have five points. So yeah. that, that happened that happens so much and so much where you just don't remember it. But there are so many times where I'm like locked into a defense and this is the play this week and they score four points. You're like, Why did I spend so much time, you know, working around that defense? I think I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit more of that this year and kind of uh, be a little more flexible in my defense and you know find someone I like and find someone a good matchup. But uh, you know if I need a couple hundred bucks, that's where I'm gonna look to swap to.
1: There was a there was definitely a week last season where uh, and there were, we were discussing it in our subscriber Discord, um, which is has actually been pretty active despite no games going on yet. But if anybody wants for, to join for two,
2: for two seconds, yeah, explain that exactly what that yeah, is. Yeah. So
1: um, this is a, a chat that we have for all Rotowire subscribers. Um, you just go to com slash chat and it takes you right there. And there are people who are literally chatting about football all the time in terms of, uh, you know, what salary ranges people are looking for, what, we see a lot of 1v1 questions for cash or GPPs. And so um, it's a pretty good community. Even on Sundays, um, people are just kind of in there tilting. You obviously would have no interest in this as somebody who doesn't even check <laughs> scores. But, um, but there was definitely a week last season where there were multiple people like, no, no, this, you have to pay up for the Bears this week. I forget who they were playing. Um, I mean, the Bears are usually pretty good. But whatever their garbage opponent was that week, it was like, no, you got to play the Bears this week. And the Bears had like six points. And like I think it was the Bucks had like 25 and everyone's like, well, who saw that coming? And it's like, well, that's the point. Right. Like, we, we don't know with defense. Like, the Bears could have an excellent defensive game and force 12 punts. And yep. you're not getting that many points for that. And so um, I think one of the important things uh, specifically on DraftKings, because it skews a little more that way, like points allowed uh, really shouldn't be a concern to you. Like, there's like a four-point difference between giving up three points and giving up 33 points. And so meaning three fantasy points. And so you want turnovers, uh, sacks, like the, you want the action, like the action points basically. And so that's why these things can be so variable and why it's okay to like pay down $200 if you have 7,300 left and you actually want a guy who's 7,500, like it's okay to go there.
2: Yeah, and there's a fine line of defenses too. Like in the in the third and fourth quarter, if your defense is up 14, that's great because that other team's you know really throwing to try and catch up. But if your team's up 28, you know sometimes that team on their side in the fourth quarter just running the ball and trying to get the heck out of there. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, you don't you don't want 45 to three. You want uh, you want like 17 to seven, like in the fourth quarter. That's uh, you want a a team trying to catch up, not a team trying to trying to get on the bus.
1: 17 seven in the fourth quarter sounds like a classic Jets game.
2: Uh the Disney Co not this year. we're gonna have a little Sam Donald. I love Jameson Crowder. Robbie Anderson. I think the Jets are gonna be a little explosive this year.
1: I, were, I can guarantee you we will have a jets conversation next week
2: i uh, I look forward to it. I think Robbie Anderson is a a nice, great season long play at the price, and I think he's gonna be a nice DFs guy too okay. We'll and get there. Jameson Jameson Crowder in, on DraftKings with a catch per, per, per uh, PPR full point PPR I can talk. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, kind of sneaky too. I think they they're really setting him up. I think he might be an 80 to 80, ninety catch guy this year. I'd love to see it. Yeah, see, look at me. I'm talking talking up your Jets. <laughs> uh, another thing, uh, you know, that I, I think people make mistakes on. You know, I'm kind of taking this from. I've played this for a lot of years. I talked to a lot of people who play different levels of DFS. DFS. I'm obviously very involved in the season long community too. So I talked a lot of people there, but. I think that the problem we'll get to is, you know, don't play low percentage guys just because you're trying to be contrarian. Play low percentage guys because you like them. You have a reason for playing them. You have a reason for what you do. I think we hit this maybe on the first podcast, but I talk to people all the time like, well, I'm going to play this guy because nobody's going to play him. I'm like, well, why? He's not going to do anything. But but he's low percentage. No one's going to own him. Well, that's great if he catches a touchdown, but. You can find low percentage. There's so many games on the slate. You can find low percentage guys. You could be contrarian while having a reason for playing a guy. I think it's really important to only play guys you have a reason to. I know I preach that probably too many times on on podcasts, but uh, you can get there are so many plays. There's so many wide receivers, especially if you're playing a low percentage guy to wide receiver, do it because there's a damn well good reason you're doing it. You think he might actually do something.
1: Yeah, the the because he's low owned should be the second part of your reason. Like yes, you should agreed. say like I'm playing this guy because. I think, you know, he's been getting more targets in game. You know, the air yards look good, and he's, the coaches talking him up. They moved him the first line or the uh, top line for uh, in practice. And I think he's going to be low-owned. And, like, that's that's where you go with the low-owned. Like, obviously, for GPPs, you want low-owned guys. But there are a lot of guys who are low-owned because they are awful. And you, you don't want to be these people who exactly. are rostering them because, like, sh- this guy is so cheap. Um, and nobody has him and it's like, well, he's that cheap because he is terrible and nobody has him because he's right. terrible Except now you have him and now your lineup is terrible
2: And you, you always get after week one or week two you're like, oh my god This guy won the millionaire with a 0.4 percent player I promise you that person took that person for a reason and if they didn't they just got really lucky and that happens too But for the most part good players when you see the low percentage plays They took them because there's a reason they saw something there that, that, that made them switch to that player
1: mm-hmm. Exactly
2: Exactly. By the way, moving to the top line in practice sounds like the most soccer thing you've ever said. Which
1: is funny, it's more like a hockey term. Did, I, was was like, a I started ho- fumbling it. I've, yeah. I, yeah, I've been doing a little hockey stuff recently. So my, my we, head's we, all over we the call,
2: place. We call that first string in the United States.
1: <sighs> they definitely don't even call it top line in soccer. I don't know where that phrase came from.
2: <laughs> it felt, uh, felt, felt very soccerish. I just did thought it? that would no, once. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: what do your fraternity brother Steve, Katie from work, and your grandma all have in common? They're all waiting for that invite to your fantasy football league. There's no better way to hang out, no easier way to smack talk, and no more customizable platform to host your fantasy leagues this year than Sleeper. Whether you have a redraft league or a dynasty league that's been around for 10 years, Sleeper has everything you need in one app. Incredible commissioner tools and customizations, built-in messaging, support for snake drafts, auction drafts, and best ball leagues, blazing fast news stats and scores, all in a beautifully designed mobile app and website that makes every other app feel like a horse and buggy. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy sports platform for a reason, and all the cool commissioners are switching to Sleeper and not looking back. Don't just take my word for it. Download Sleeper on iOS or Android and see for yourself. You have nothing to lose. It's free.
2: So Andrew, uh, RotoWire has a lineup optimizer. A lot of sites have lineup optimizers. Um, I'm going to let you talk first on this one because I think you're a little better with this. You work with the one on RotoWire. You know how it works a little better. I tend to uh, be a build my own lineup person. I'm kind of old school and I'm old and I'm, uh, I'm a little stubborn at times. Um, I don't have a ton of experience using them. I have used them. I've used them for basketball. Use them for baseball a bunch. Um, it kind of gives you a, a little bit of a good start on lineups. But t- talk to me how you uh, how you use the lineup optimizer, especially the one on RotoWire, which is you know very valuable.
1: Are you using pen and paper?
2: Uh, I do use a lot of pen and paper. Ah,
1: it's really old school.
2: It really is. I told you I'm. Uh, I, I like to uh, stubborn is uh, stubborn is a uh, something that you would use to describe me. Uh, my wife would agree.
1: I had to fill out a form for my kid's school yesterday, and my hand hurt because I had to write <laughs> like five words. Um, so yeah, so there. So
2: you're, you're just trying to point out how much young you are. That's fine. I understood.
1: Th- am I even point younger? Uh, yes, you are. Oh, okay. I think so. Okay. Um. So there are definitely ways to use an optimizer the way it was meant to be used. And there's a way to lazily use it um, and get poor results. Um, And so the latter part of that is going to an optimizer, whether it's the rotowire one or somewhere else. And there's usually a giant button that says like generate the optimal lineup. And basically what that does is it takes that site's uh, projections for the games looks at their salaries and gives you essentially the most amount of points that you can score within the salary structure. And uh, one of the important things to understand is that um, projections uh, pretty much anywhere are generally just 50th percentile projections. They they don't account for if a guy has his ceiling game or what his floor is. I mean, it gives you kind of like if you do this 100 times, like this is the most likely thing that will happen. And while that's That's fine, that's a
2: really that's a really good point, by the way.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. And so while that could be fine for what you're looking for, you have to understand that if that if the our optimizer says this running back is going to score twenty four points and this other one is going to score twenty three and a half and they have the same salary, it's never going to give you the guy who scores twenty three and a half because it's fundamentally built to give you the guys who are who provide the most value for their salary and. You have to realize that the odds, that the the, the chances of these two guys being similar, uh, or obviously the projections think they're going to be similar, but there's probably just as much of a chance of the 23 and a half guy outscoring the 24 than vice versa. And so right. when you use the optimizer, you're pretty much just throwing out a bunch of guys who are within a certain number of points to the guys that end up in the optimizer because – Um, it's in the, they should be in the range, but you're now ignoring them and playing this lineup that may not cash at that point. And so the, the way I use the optimizer, um, and it generally helps more to give you an idea if you're making multiple lineups, but what you effectively want to do, and I know it sounds weird is you want to throw out everybody. Like you, there are certain games where you, you're like, I probably don't want any, uh, exposure to this game. And so within these optimizers, you within our optimizer, like you can just exclude a game. So if you're building, if you're trying to hone in on a cash lineup and you're looking at the Ravens uh, dolphins, although Ravens probably bad, if you're looking at jets bills that has a total <laughs> of thirty nine and a half, And you're like, I don't want anybody from this game. Like you can exclude them. And now they're, it's never going to give you Le'Veon bell, never going to give you Sam Darnold. And you're going to regret that because they're going to kill the bills. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so love it. W- what you want to do is use the optimizer to basically um, reduce the player pool to the guys that you actually want to consider. And once you do that, um, you're going to realize that this giant pool of players, which I mean, twelve games, is a lot of players that you have to get through. But using the optimizer will make you realize that there are there are a lot of guys that you just don't want. So like, take out all the guys from the Dolphins, and like the even if you. Um, even if you're thinking like uh you know the dolphins are at home but like you you're not gonna play any dolphins in the cash lineup like it's I get it, but like you it really makes you look at each player and really each game and just say like do I want any exposure to this game? and if the answer is no then you're you're reducing your player pool and effectively, once you do this over and over again, um now you start getting into the well do I want these two guys or these two guys instead of like, do I want these eight guys versus these eight guys and so the way that you can use the optimizer like don't even worry about the the fantasy points that are projected to start like what you want to do is reduce your player pool and then once you get that then you can start looking at where you know if you want to use the projections that's fine but you can see like all right this guy's projected for 20 and a half and this one's for 21 and you just have to recognize that that's they're basically the same like keep them the same and you can adjust the fantasy point projections like manually in the, in the optimizer. So you could put in the same projection for, you know, let's say you go in your, I want, I don't know if I want Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson. And so like, you can just go in and say, project all of these guys for the same. And then you can go in and run the optimizer and it'll give you a lineup of, if it could be any of these quarterbacks, here are the running backs and wide receivers that fit with these guys. And that's how you sort of start using the optimizer to help you build a lineup that you like, as opposed to the kind of one click and just hoping that the guy who was projected for 24 does actually outscore the guy that is there for 23 and a half.
2: I'd like to bottle up that four minutes and sell it. That was really good. It's on rotowire.com slash daily. That was really, that was really good. We do have a video
1: on the optimizer page that can walk you through it. But I I think generally, uh, optimizers, and it's probably just a a poor term. Like they're really like lineup builders, but the way you want to use it is to help you build your lineup. You don't, you shouldn't be using these things to like get a lineup that it's not, that's not really the point of them. I, plenty of people use them that way, but you're now relying on the projections, uh, of a site that is using 50th percentile projections when more often than not, these guys are not going to finish there at least in a, in a single NFL week. And so you have to understand that there's um, kind of a margin of error for all of these, and it can be pretty great. And guys who are projected for 25 points and guys who are projected for 24 points um, are effectively this have the same projection. And so you need to use the optimizer to show that like, if these guys are equal, who do I actually want to take?
2: I got a couple questions and then a few comments. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. Uh, I assume just – I've used it before so I know the answer to this. But I assume you can eliminate players as well as teams. So like you, you mentioned eliminating the Dolphins or the Bills or the Jets. You can eliminate – if you just don't want Le'Veon Bell, you could just do it that way too, right? You can.
1: I don't know why you would ever not want Le'Veon Bell. But yes, you could do that. Ter-
2: I was a terrible example. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mean it that way either. Yeah. It just came out anti-Jets. It was just <laughs> – that was just mean to be mean. That was terrible. Oh, um,
1: that's all right. I know where you're lying. You're already talking about them for next week. It's great.
2: On the uh, on the on, another question. So uh, with with the lineup of like say you drop it in there, it gives you that one lineup. Do you find that that lineup is like is is high percentage in contests? There's obviously a lot of RotoWire subscribers, a lot of subscribers to other sites. Do you see like lineups that? are high percentage because they're the optimizer lineup at the site, it would seem to me that using the exact lineup and optimizer would be just a sure way to make sure you do not have a unique lineup and just a bad idea.
1: It's certainly not ideal for showdown where you're like specifically looking for unique lineups, but the football contests are big enough where you'll, you probably won't see a ton of duplication. I mean, as much as like we don't, as people kind of like look down on it, there are plenty of people who sell lineups, even though it's not really allowed um, by the sites, but like there are plenty of people who like buy a lineup and so you could be in a double up and you look up and all of a sudden there's 50 entries that have the exact same lineup and like theoretically it seems
2: like such a bad idea, though. It's like
1: a bad. really bad idea. Yeah, it's, um, it's I mean, I I've gone down that rabbit hole with a few people just explained to me like why people do it. And I understand why people do it. I just think it's uh, it's a I don't even want to call it lazy, but it's just not a great way to play like you're um, you're not really now doing that, any like work.
2: a not fun way to play.
1: I mean, fun is uh, in the eye of the beholder, is not that? Uh,
2: I don't know. Click clicking a button, getting a lineup, and entering in all your contests seems like the least fun way to play. <laughs> I, I, I
1: there are people who do it. I mean, I, oh, I, I know there are. Know yeah. the, and there are people who go to our lineup optimizer and they do it. But I think you know, it's just one of those things where there the lineup optimizer has a lot of tools in it that you can use. I mean, you can build stacks in them. You yeah. can change the projections to just look at guys. who – um ceilings or floors you can do it just uh you know there there's a lot of things you can do with it and uh you want to be able to use them like take advantage of this tool and and even if you're not necessarily running the optimizer to get one specific lineup it's at least a, a different view of the entire player pool but you have a little more information than you do just on the FanDuel or DraftKings line or lineup page where you, know, you can see the spread you can see what um what the total is, uh, it's easy to like eliminate guys from, from consideration. You can group certain guys together to compare them. And so there, there are tools within this optimizer on rotowire that you should be using. um, if you're a subscriber that, um, that is, are just so much more effective than just give me an optimal lineup.
2: Yeah, and that was kind of the, you kind of bled into the, the comment that I was going to make at the end, is I think that it, what, what's, a, what's good about it is all the tools are there. Uh, it's a great way to kind of flip around and build your lineup. I think, like you said, the Collingham Lineup Builder would be, would be you know, uh, the way I would use it. But I think more than anything, it gives you all the players on one page. It gives you all the content on one page. And not only that, you can look at Zeke, you can look at, say you're looking at running backs, you have them all on one screen, you can click on Zeke and go see what his game log looks like, and go see what the opponent game log looks like. You, there's just so many things you can do from that one screen. And the, the value of it, to me really is kind of kind of a home page you kind of click around use it for different tools use it for stacking but also to jump around and you jump around the site and read about different players whereas you get it all in one page you like you got three running backs you like in the same range click on all three of them see what their game logs look like see what their injuries are you can get all the information from one page you can use that as a really valuable tool that way
1: right and one of the benefits of of the optimizer is you know you can lock in certain you know if you have guys that you, you know you want, you can lock them in and then you can run the optimizer and it's like, well, here are some wide receivers that fit in the salary range. And even mm-hmm. if you haven't eliminated guys, if you're looking and you're like, gosh, I don't like any of these guys, you can eliminate them and then you can run the yeah. optimizer again. It's going to give you three more options and say like, do you want these guys? And it, that's, you know, just continuing down the path of like reducing the player pool to one that you actually will consider. I mean, there are just so many players and most of them you don't want. And so this at least gives you the idea of like, do you want to play this guy? Yes or no. And if the answer is no, then you can eliminate him. And now your player pool is even smaller so that you can get to the guys that you actually want to play.
2: Yeah. It's amazing how many great tools there are. I mean, just in the last like five or six years, so much stuff has, has come out that really makes this, uh, makes this a lot more fun. and makes it, uh, makes it easier in some way, makes it tougher in some ways. But I think the key and more than anything is with the optimizers, you know, you want to do your homework too. You know, don't let the optimizer do it for you. You want to pick your lineup, let use the optimizer to, to help build your lineup, to help give you some information, to help give you some keys. And you know, like you said, guys, you want to eliminate, but I think, you know, you doing your homework and using the, using the tools as a combo is the way that you're really going to do well. You know, don't, Uh, don't let this uh, do all your homework for you if you don't do it yourself you're not going to get out of it what you put in
1: right I mean this is this is just a tool to help you get to the answer this is not going to just give you the answer
2: I know but uh, I like I like just getting answers though
1: it's certainly easier
2: that's why that's why you listen to to the podcast every Friday morning is for answers right that's right
1: sorry I forgot I didn't realize you were setting me up for that one I was trying to still you working didn't on take
2: it. The, you, just, you just didn't take the bait. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> uh, Anything else on the, on the lineup optimizer, the rotowire site in general for DFS that you want to hit before we, uh, before we move on to some, some late game shenanigans here.
1: I mean, we're obviously going to have plenty of content throughout the season. I, you know, each week throughout the season, I think even if you only play on FanDuel, I think it's beneficial to read the DraftKings article just to give you another perspective. Maybe yep. somebody has a, a little nugget that you ne- didn't necessarily think of. And so like, you know, there's going to be a lot of content out there, take advantage of it and use the tools to, you know, to their max.
2: Yeah. And we will be, we'll be with you every Friday morning talking about the entire slate. I think, uh, Andrew and I have decided we're going to do kind of a by position breaking it down. We're going to look at quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, uh, tight ends, and defense. We'll kind of break it down that way, but uh, we're going to get pretty in depth with uh, with everybody. We're talking about a lot of players, a lot of prices. We'll hit prices on uh, on DraftKings, Fanduel, and Yahoo. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty good breakdown every Friday. So it will be a good spot to come to after you've kind of done your initial research, you've looked at the games, looked at the slate. Uh, we're going to really get deep into the into the slate every week. It's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it it's been it's been actually educational and fun to do these preseason ones i thought uh, at the beginning i thought it was going to be there's gonna be a lot of them to fit, to fill time but it turned out that we had a lot of stuff to talk about a lot of good stuff i i learned a lot from you and hopefully hopefully i imparted a little bit of wisdom too but uh you know talking about through a lot of uh game strategy and kind of selection with you is uh, i think is gonna be valuable for a lot of people
1: yeah i think people kind of don't appreciate just how much more goes in to daily fantasy football than like knowing the players and like, I'll just take these guys and it, yeah, there's a lot more to it.
2: And there's a lot of people that are, that are playing it uh, that intensely and that seriously that are using all the information too. And exactly. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really good serious DFS players out there. Whenever I, whenever I read DFS stuff or hear some stuff, I'm, I'm always impressed by how much time people put into, you know, just one slate. Totally agree.
1: And that's all we have for this week's episode of the RotoWire fantasy football podcast brought to you by Winbet. We'll be back next week with some more great DFS discussions.